Welcome to Digital Hospitality. My name is Sean Walchef, owner of Cali Barbecue and Cali Barbecue Media. Every business needs to be digital first and every business needs to be in the hospitality business. I am super excited about 2023. For those of you that are listening to this show that have been fans since it was behind the smoke that evolved into digital hospitality. And now we're at four shows, but what means so much to me is the heartbeat of our brand, the heartbeat of our restaurant, the heartbeat of everything we do, which is in essence, this show and this RSS feed. And uh, it's always been a deep thesis of mine. And I always work very hard uh, myself, Stover, uh, TJ, Toby, the entire team to make sure that the content that we put out on this channel is going to help you in 2023 and beyond understand all of the moving parts, because it is no longer acceptable just to open up your business, your four walls, um, your restaurant business, your dry cleaning business, your law practice, whatever business you're in, you can no longer just expect customers to walk in the door. You have to be on top of what is happening, not just on the smartphone, but on the internet in general. And my job is to find the best of the best, the people that are playing the game within the game. And today we have a close friend, somebody that actually does content. He's part of our Cali Barbecue Media team by extension, um, somebody that found me digitally and found me in real life. And that's David Esau. David is the author of Raising the Digital Bar, which is a new book that we highly recommend that you pick up and utilize. There he is for those watching on YouTube, Raising the Digital Bar. It is printed. It is right there. I can't imagine as somebody that aspires to be an author. I have my grandfather's book who um, I've spoken about it on the show, but my grandfather published a book. I helped him do it called The Harvest, How a Bulgarian Farm Boy Grew Wealthy in La Jolla, California. And I remember being at our house in La Jolla where I grew up and unboxing the first books that came off the press. And I remember my grandfather crying um, and myself crying. And uh, David, I don't know if it was that emotional for you, but I know anybody that dedicates their time and their effort to putting their ideas into a book is a scary thing, but it's also a sense of accomplishment that now my thesis, your thesis is written in pages and now it can make an impact on the world. David, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me, Sean. Appreciate it. And uh, Cali Barbecue team. So tell me about when your unboxing came. Well, it actually is very emotional for me. Um, last year, I lost my dad and I wanted to dedicate the book uh, to him. So when I did unbox it, uh, the first prints came out. I have a whole page dedicated to him right here in the front. And a portion of the proceeds is going to go to the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. So uh, as you can probably guess, he died by suicide, and it's been a very tough uh, last 360-something days, and uh, it'll be one year on January 24th. So still dealing with that, but I was able to finish the book, push forward, and uh, get it out for the to help small businesses. Well, David, I'm, thank you. I, I didn't expect to start the show like this, but that's why we do shows like this is because as much as we – every business is a family business. And the more personal that we get as entrepreneurs, business leaders, and marketers, actually the better business that we do. And uh, you having the courage to share the story of your father, to dedicate the book to your father. Um, I appreciate that. Thank you. Uh, yeah, thank you. What, 
tell me about the process of writing the book because we'll, we're going to get into the tactics because I want people to take away something from this show, whatever they listen to, that they can actually apply into their business. And um, you've got some incredible content that you've put out. You've done incredible work for Cali Barbecue for our brand um, with Google Ads and a lot of different uh, strategies that you've helped us to optimize our, our web traffic. But um, let, let's talk about you as an author and you getting these ideas, these digital ideas into a legacy form of media, which is a, a book, but how do you not only get those ideas down, but then how do you now market that book? You know, now you literally have to do the things to sell the product the same way that you teach business owners. <laughs> hey, you need a website. You need a website for the book. Like, <laughs> Hey, you need to be on social. Um, tell, talk us through that process. Oh, all very true, Sean. So, uh, I think the first step was just, you know, getting familiar with just putting words out. So starting with posts, LinkedIn posts, Facebook posts, talking about, you know, different taxes, tactics that work for people that you've worked with. Then you get into a little bit longer posts. I started um, my clicktrackmarketing.com has been owned for quite some time. So I have blogs that I started there and, you know, you start getting 300 words, 500 words, 1000 words, and then uh, you start to realize that maybe I like writing, maybe, it, maybe I enjoy putting out content, and then you see people come to the page, um, get some value from it, maybe even reach out directly, comment, uh, YouTube videos, all that good stuff. So uh, that's kind of how it started. And then after working at Google for three years, I just kind of put together a, a document, kind of like strategies that worked um, and that didn't cost a ton of money. I worked with people that spent, you know, 300 bucks a month to $2 million a month on Google ads. Um, and I really enjoy working with small business owners. I came from a small business, uh, a, a door and window shop in El Cajon. So that's what it was all about. Um, so I started putting together, um, and I shared with you earlier, a table of contents. And that's just kind of like, let's lay out what do we want to talk about in a specific format. And then you kind of add in um, to each each paragraph, each few paragraphs in each section, you know, make sure you have kind of cover, is there a little story there? Is there, you know, some insights well, what well, what actions before can they you take? go deep before you go deeper because it's part of what we talk about on the show all the time why the basic question why is story important when you're talking people, tactics why is story important well people remember stories <laughs> uh, that's gonna that's gonna sit with them a lot longer I, there could have been more stories in the book uh, some of it is fairly dry and step-by-step -step instructions but out of all the marketing books i've read and there's been you know hundreds I, I didn't think they just explained it in a way that was simple enough to follow. So at the end of every chapter, I include like an actionable checklist. Like, here's what you need to make sure, you know, we went through these things. Let's go do them now. So if yeah. you can read a chapter and do this, read it within the first two chapters, you'll already probably see, start seeing some improvements. That's yeah. We, we say on the show for those that, that listen, they know it's stay curious, get involved, ask for help. You pick up a book because you're curious. You listen to a podcast because you're curious. You watch a YouTube channel because you're curious. But if you don't do the work, if you don't get involved, if you don't take the advice and the checklist that you say, go through and fix this on your website or clean up the copy and cut the bullshit, and like make the links clean. These are things that you have to do to move your business forward. And once you do do that, the final step is asking for help. You know, there's never been an easier time to reach out to people that are much smarter than myself, than yourself, to to have mentors, to have people um, that are willing to to share. And you're willing to share by putting everything that you believe in. I mean, it's 
it's funny for me to look at where we are now compared to when I was in school and trying to take business classes and everything was protected under an NDA that everyone was going to steal everything. But when you think about content marketing, I mean, literally, we're just publishing our work. We're sharing, we're, we're building in public. Like if you were to, you could easily have gone, I'm going to make a class and I'm going to put, put this under a paywall, which you might do, you still are able to do, but instead you're publishing that book, you're showing up on podcasts, you're putting posts on LinkedIn and you're giving people literally the answers to the test. That's what I figured what would happen is that, you know, I'm going to put this out. Hopefully I'm going to help as many small business owners as possible. And then the ones that get stuck are ready to go to the next level. Like this is the ultimate business card for me to build the trust, um, you know, my expertise, share my expertise, have authority, and then get them to reach out. So already within the first few weeks, I've had people from I've never met, I've never heard of the website, and they've reached out and said, hey, I love what I'm reading so far. I'd like to get your help with a few other things. So I just think uh, it's going to be a great way to meet business owners that are ready to grow. Yeah. So let's go through a little bit of the behind the scenes for people that are listening to the show, because we have so many entrepreneurs, business leaders, but so much of what we talk about um, applies to everybody. <laughs> like, I don't care where you are in the organization. You do not need to be the founder. You do not need to be the entrepreneur. You can be in sales. You can be in marketing and all of these things that we talk about, they matter. And the more that you care about them, the more that you ask questions about them and learn about them, the more you will grow in whatever organization you're in, because it matters to everybody. It matters to a one-person business, to a 50-person restaurant, to a restaurant group, to a publicly traded company. All of this stuff that we're talking about matters. So let's, uh, let, let's start with number one, which is how do you show up more in search? Yeah, it's a loaded question, but you know, the, <laughs> the number one, if, if you're not on the internet, you don't exist. How about, well, let's start there. You have to show up. And that's like, um, within the first few pages of the book. And I actually say, let's check your online visibility and I'll give you a score. So I'll send you a report. If you go to the online visibility score page and that way you can see where you're at before you begin this journey. So, okay, here's where I'm at now. Where do we want to get to? So that's kind of like tracking my progress. If I'm going to the gym, how much am I lifting? How many reps? So starting there is being listed properly across many different directories, but the ultimate one you want to start with, in my opinion, I work there, is Google Business Profile. It is the easiest, highest ranking profile you'll ever see. When you go to Google search and you type in even your name or a similar business, the business profiles show up above everything next to paid ads and all that, all that, all the other organic in the maps. So, and then you have the map. So business profile is on search results. If you're on a desktop on the right, and then also shows up in the map. So getting your business listed properly across Google, Apple, Yelp. I mean, just tons of different directories has to be accurately. Um, I can't tell you how many times I've gone to a restaurant just last week. I don't rely on just Google anymore. I don't rely on just their website. I don't, I don't rely on just Apple. I'll probably call the restaurant before I show up because I'll go there pitch black on a Wednesday when it says it's open on Google. So don't piss off your customers or potential customers by not having the correct hours up. Uh, so hours, link, phone number, all of that across the board is how you start the process of getting shown up on search. Secondary is your probably your website. They'll, they'll hit your website at some point. You want to make sure it loads quickly. 
You want to make sure that it's crawlable. You've submitted a sitemap on Search Console. You know, we'll get into some different tactics, but making sure that your business is listed properly across the board is probably one of the number one things I would say. Talk to me about Google Maps and like the Google Business Suite, because what, one of the things that my hope for Google is that they get better. And Google's phenomenal. Obviously, one of the greatest companies on earth. The fact that you worked there for as long as you did is is really cool in my book. And the fact that you have this knowledge now for your own agency to really help people understand why it's as important as it is. But a lot has shifted where you know they tried to be a social media platform at once, and then they switched to Google My Business, which now is now converted into Google Maps. Google as, Business Profile, yeah, and Google yeah, Maps. Google Business. So what is it called now? What's Google the, business profile, the Google business profile, but essentially what you're doing as a business owner is going in to a dashboard for Google maps. Is that correct? Well, it shows up on both, but a lot of the stuff that I track is going to be related to Google maps because I want to make sure that new customers are coming to you and clicking that directions button. Yes. So if I'm advertising for you, whether it's doing posts, listing, all the above um, paid ads, if we're able to track and then compare, so Google business, obviously they, they own the profile, but it's your profile as a business owner. I can track the analytics inside of the Google business profile dashboard. So now if you've been in business for over a year, I can actually look back year over year are more people clicking for directions. And yes, that will be people that have already known your business, but those are more direct searches. What I do is I combine the discovery searches with clicks for directions. And then I can really show you like a, basic ROI. There's nothing that can tell you they saw an ad and hundred percent came in. But if I'm clicking for directions and I go to a coffee shop, I'm 99% going to spend some money there yep. unless for some reason they're closed. So then that's how I kind of give a basic ROI and I do a low monthly fee because it pays for itself. And that's how um, I like to get new customers in. So when they're searching for best barbecue near me, uh, best coffee shop, restaurants near me, burgers, beer bar. Like these are the places I love working with because it is fairly easy to get the new customers in and track that and show them the difference between last year's discovery searches to now with the clicks for directions to phone calls, to website visits, to photo views. Um, and once they come in, as long as the restaurant, coffee shop, you know, auto shop does their job and takes care of them. Now you've probably gained a loyal customer or the other side is that you're kind of hidden, but you do have a lot of traffic in San Diego coming by. If they don't see you online, I wake up and search for coffee in the morning, you know, if I'm traveling. And then I go to the local coffee shop that had some good reviews, maybe a few photos. Yep. Yep. Um, so it's it's that easy, but it's that important to be there. Uh, on your the comment about Google being good, but could be better, I agree, it could be a thousand times better. Um, <laughs> you can't leave any notes on the pictures when you post them. I'd love yep. to say what it is. Uh, yep. pancake, chicken and waffles, um, oat milk latte, whatever it is, you, you, you can, I think you can, you can't even like stuff. I can't no. like it's, they could make that part more social now. Yep. And I tried to pitch it to them before. We'll see if it ever happens. So I'll help. That social that <laughs> I'll they help tried, use Google business profiles, yes. like an easy feed and a like button and a share and like kind of do some things like that because you got Instagram and TikTok and everyone mopping the floor with that stuff, but you still have people going to Google and four Absolutely. out of five people are looking for local places. 
Yeah, I mean, uh, we're going to go deep inside baseball here for restaurant owners, but uh, people know how much we use Toast. Toast is our primary technology partner. I sit on the customer advisory board. Uh, they sponsor our show, Restaurant Influencers. Um, I go to headquarters all the time. One of the most exciting things that has happened within the last year is their integration directly to Google. So for Google ordering, for those that get searched, if you are a Toast customer, instead of getting sent to DoorDash or Grubhub, which is great if you had those third-party apps, but now because I don't pay those fees to DoorDash, to Uber Eats, to Grubhub, I can literally, because of Toast, because of the integration through Google, get what's even more valuable than the click to the restaurant. So what we talk about is this device that we all take for granted, this smartphone, is the first time where there's an intersection between content, commerce, and communication. Content, commerce, and communication. And when we think of digital marketing, we think of content, we think of how do we write a blog, how do we make a TikTok video, but how do you get them to the sale? Now you're talking about the true gold, that ROI gold of digital marketing. And if you can set up a strategy where you are discoverable, which you have done for Cali Barbecue, and now people are searching for best barbecue in San Diego or barbecue near me, and we come up, now instead of going to our website, which we do have a phenomenal website, Kyle Fluger of Mithral Media has built us a beautiful website so that we have barbecue and we have media, so our podcast content, but even more powerful, is the direct sale to Toast. And Toast is our technology partner. So literally somebody that has never been to our restaurant, instead of going through multiple hoops, now they're going directly to the point of sale, which goes directly to the kitchen, which goes directly to the CRM, which goes to the gold of what we're all talking about. How do you remove the friction? How do you remove the friction? Because now you're going to be more profitable, but more importantly, from, uh, from our standpoint is how do you be more digitally hospitable? We're great in real life, but we're not good digitally. And because it's so clunky, what have you seen with integrations as far as Google goes and how can Google be better? Yeah, I think the the toast mention is perfect. Even with the menu being live, um, and you can managers can change the toast pricing, the men the menu items, eighty six something. With that integration, you can actually connect to the Google Business Profile as well, as opposed to typing in one by one each different <laughs> item. Yes. Um, on top of what you said was, you actually instead of going to DoorDash where they own all the information, you get to acquire the customer information. So with these things. Um, in 2023, I did want to mention this, and I'm glad we brought it up now, is that you're going to want the first party in like data, first yes. party data, your list is going to be gold. So if you can acquire the name uh, from an order, if you can, like you've done, Sean, uh, give a free, <laughs> free dessert with free an peach email. cobbler, wicked free peach cobbler, free peach cobbler. I mean, that's amazing for an email, yeah. right? And now you have a connection to those customers. Um, a lot of people have big lists, they just don't use them. So yeah. I think if you're seeing things slow, any business right now needs to leverage uh, the list, their email yes. list. So getting that data is going to be huge. Um, and in, in Google integrating with different partners like that is going to be really helpful, um, as opposed to the ones like not, not DoorDash and everyone, right? Yeah. The ones that the restaurant owners actually making more money, yep. being more profitable and getting the data. 
Yeah, I would love for you, since we're on the topic of email marketing, let's talk about it because email marketing is something that when we first opened up our business in 2008, um, there was a company called Fishbowl and Fishbowl specifically was for restaurants, templated email campaigns where we would have like a little uh, index card that we would leave and said, you know, if you'd like to peach cobbler, you know, sign up or if you want a reward on your birthday, sign up for our email list. But a customer would have to handwrite that card and then a manager would have to decipher somebody's shitty handwriting and go, I can't read. Is this David or is this Sean or what's your last name? I have no idea what it is. And then only if they got all of that right and then got put into the system, would that generate an email? Well, now where we are is that we have Toast, our technology partner, that's literally allowing us to have not only the CRM side, the loyalty side, but the email side. So now when I process an online order and I give them my credit card information, they send me confirmation, but now I can enroll into the email marketing for Cali Barbecue. So for me, we're at a very exciting time where before I had to beg for feedback, before I had to beg to get someone into loyalty. Now back to where we are, what we were talking about before, content, commerce, and communication. How do you make it frictionless? And when it is frictionless, now it's our job to deliver quality content. It's my job not to just go and say, hey, email, 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 buy barbecue, buy barbecue, buy barbecue. No, I've got to add value to my list and I have to segment my list. What is your recommendation to someone that's listening to this podcast if they have email marketing, they want to get better at email marketing. What are your, what are your thoughts for 2023 and beyond? Yes, great. Um, we'll try to automate as much as possible. So when someone signs up that, you know, if you use something like a MailChimp or active campaign, you can pay a little bit more, but you can automate. So as soon as someone signs up, then you can get them to subscribe, make sure they're a full subscriber. They'll get all the emails. Then you can maybe have three emails set up in place that are more of like a welcome, um, like here's something of valuable, here's another something of value, and then maybe like a reminder to come in. But I would say try to set up as much as possible. Now, when you grow the list, like you said, segment, you'll want to tag the list with different things like uh, they've first time customer or first time loyalty. This person been in a hundred times, right? So maybe you want a group of how many people have been in your top, your top uh, customers. Maybe you send them to a private invite, like, hey, we're doing a barbecue at you know the new san diego state stadium yep. um come join us you know you're you're one of our top top uh customers and then the other things you can do that are huge right now is that you can use the list in google and facebook so with google it's called customer match you're going to go in and upload your list and they're going to hash the data right but they'll still match it with google users so typically your ads now will show to more people like me or me, right? You yep. can remarket to the same people, or you could build a similar lookalike audience in both Facebook and Google ads. Uh, same thing with Facebook, upload the emails or phone numbers, names, and just kind of, you know, build it with the template. Um, and that's really going to lower your cost per acquisition. And it's, or it's going to target the people that you want to be in front of much better anyway. So you're, instead of, you know, just spraying out your, however many dollars you're, you're willing to spend, we're going to really narrow that down to like, these are the people I'm looking for. Um, and I did run a pretty big pilot with uh, a, 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 another restaurant software and by uploading their customer list and they had, you know, thousands per, per restaurant, which was great. It dropped their CP, CPA, which is the cost per acquisition. How much did they pay to acquire a new customer? Yep. By over 55%. 
Wow. That was just putting the list in Google. That's That's amazing. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. I think, you know, when I think of email marketing, text marketing, social media marketing, digital marketing, and as a whole, everything comes back to communication, to value. Um, But to that, to that automation part, I think automation scares a lot of small business owners. And especially when you talk to restaurant owners, because they think that it's not hospitable. And I would argue that it's actually more hospitable because you do it every time. It's a computer that does it. But how do you personalize that automation? Because there's great companies, e-commerce companies that have figured out, all I need to do is assign a name. If I assign a name, hi, this is Sean. You just ordered mixed tiles. I'm here to help you. Like that name to that email marketing, that personalization. Hey, David, thanks for signing up. Hey, David, this is your birthday. Like all of these things are templated. This is all machine learning. This is all stuff that's like, it's such low hanging fruit that it's like, how do we, how do we extend that experience in our small business? Because I have a newsflash for everybody. Every business is trying to figure this out from the DMV to Southwest airlines, to hotels, to restaurants, to law offices, to insurance companies, to daycare, all of this stuff matters. That's why I love this show as much as I do. And I'm able to talk to you about it because you get to see all these different case studies. And the more that we talk about these case studies, you go, wow, they're doing that at your daycare. Really? That makes sense. Like every single day, I literally check my kids in with a QR code instead of using a sign in and sign out sheet. Why? Because it automates the check in process. What's the inventory? It's my children. The inventory is my children. It better be accountable. Hey, Sean, you with your smartphone checked your kids out on this day, as opposed to like, well, whose chicken scratch is this that signed out the kids? Now we got to go to the cameras and find out did you actually come and pick up your kids? You know, it's a very exciting time to be talking about the digital tools that are available to small businesses so that they can reach larger audiences. Yeah. And if if we were rewind, rewind two years or so, the biggest comeback I've ever seen was the QR code. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I'll, I will be the first to admit I talked. I went on stages and talked shit about the QR code. I was like, this is stupid. No one's going to download an app to read it, to, to go to another page. But yeah, go ahead. Tell me, tell well, me why, well, why, did, why was there a resurgence of the QR code? Well, two reasons. One, Apple took away the need to download an extra app. You know, no one's going to do that. You put one extra step. So imagine even in your email signup, if there's too many steps, you're going to lose conversions. Uh, Based on your segmentation, you likely want first name. If you're a restaurant, you might want my birthday because you can send me uh, something else. But uh, yeah, segmentation will be huge. The QR code, like I said, um, Apple took away the need for another app. So then we removed the friction. And then the next thing you know, we couldn't touch anything because it's COVID. We're in masks and now we can't even touch a paper menu. Uh, so then they started putting a QR code on the table, right? So now all of a sudden I look over and the 70 year old grandma and grandpa are also using their phone and QR codes. And now this is now it's actually stayed a lot longer. Some some places, you know, I like to hold a menu, but some places just plop a QR code in front of you. Here's the new drink menu. Here's the happy hour or there's a sticker on top of the the table. So, and you can also order. So with toast, you can order your, your food. I go to this place uh, called uh, Alpine Inn out in um, Los Altos or Los Gatos. And 
they have the QR code and you just, it knows what table and then they'll bring you the food and the drink because it's an outdoor place and it's just kind of a mess. So you don't have to go wait in line. You just sit down and order. So I think the QR code is going to be around for a while. Um, I use the QR code in various different ways. When you go to the menu, I, I wouldn't recommend going directly to the menu. I'd recommend going to your website first only because, and give them the option of like dinner, breakfast, dinner, lunch, or whatever. Because if I go to the website first, now I can fire my Facebook pixel and retarget you on Facebook later with a very low budget remarketing campaign. So that's just one trick I like to do. So now I'm reminding them to come back in yep. or you can run, you know, birthday campaigns. You can pick people that have birthdays within seven days and run an ad to target it to like your zip codes and stuff. So there's many different ways to use wow. it. But yeah, the QR code will be around for a while. I use a QR code on my business card and I put a UTM tracker. So I know that I know how many clicks came from my business card. I know how many clicks came from the online visibility score from my book because I marked it as the book insert. So yeah, the QR code is going to be going to be back in full effect for a while. So we're going to play a game. I uh, just decided to play this game for those that are listening that are ready to do paid advertising. So paid advertising on a budget. So we're going to give you $500 and you, the business owner, are going to listen to what does David recommend, how to allocate, best allocate. So we have TikTok, we have Facebook, we have Yelp, we have Google ads, we have, I mean, I, you have to go to David's book to find out how many different places will take your money. Next door will take your money. Who else will take your money? A lot of places that will take your money to try to bring in customers to get empty butts into seats. Um, how, David, if you're talking to the small business owners, not just restaurant owners, but small business owners in general, and we have $500, how are you allocating that? Oh, man. Well, it, a lot of it depends. And you'll hear this from every marketer. It depends on the industry. <laughs> it depends on, it depends yeah. on everything. But if I have $500 and let's just say most of them are restaurants, bars, coffee shops, something with a physical location yep. that I come walk into. A point of purchase, we'll just, sure. We'll just segment that right now. If you're, depending if you're posting on, you know, Instagram and, and doing reels and videos, if you're active there, then I would say keep doing those. But if you're going to spend some money on ads, I would say between Facebook and Google, probably 70, 30 Google, I would put the money into a smart campaign but linked it's in it's in the book talks all about it but it's linked to your google business profile and why that's important is because you're going to show up many more times on the maps and i always target the new customer because i want to provide value to the clients i'm working with so use the tactic of signing up to google ads but use your business profile so you need to use that same email address and when you go to create a smart campaign it'll ask you go to your website which is probably confusing and people won't know what to do or <laughs> we'll get to that next <laughs> <laughs> or, they can, or they can go right to the business profile and they have all the options in front of them call visit website click for directions or see photos and look at reviews so I would say do that. It's very easy process. Again, just link to the business profile, run a $300, $300 campaign per month. Um, that's like, you know, 10 bucks a day. And then if you install the Facebook pixel, I would likely run just a remarketing campaign. So people go to websites all the time and then they go to Facebook and you see that same website, that company, that's, that's called retargeting, the remarketing right to you because you went to the website. Uh, that would be my advice on the $500 to spend. So we're going to go, I'm going to be vulnerable here and say 
for somebody that cares as much as I do with four shows, four podcasts that does TikTok videos, LinkedIn content, blogs, all of it, uh, we discriminated Facebook. So literally we bought a new Cali barbecue media truck. This is our delivery vehicle. And we put the logos that we picked were TikTok, <laughs> Instagram, and YouTube. And we have a QR code, which goes to our digital business card, which is Popple. But we didn't put Facebook on there. And I regret not putting Facebook on there because of what I've learned in the last year. But I want to hear from you. Why should anybody, why should everybody not ignore Facebook? Well, you're still supporting me either way if you're running ads on Instagram, but uh, <laughs> yeah, people are still there. It, it doesn't matter. It's the ad performance has gone way down. Apple's blocked a lot, which which we know. So doing sales, doing anything like that. But what I'm recommending is that someone that actually went to your site, so you're not paying for this expensive click. You're just reminding the person that, hey, we've seen that you've been there. We're we're here. And then that's putting it in their in their head. And then like you, Sean, when you're on TikTok or Facebook, I see the same company. I see the amazing looking beef brisket. I'm like, oh, wow. Okay. I'm getting hungry. I'm going to go visit Cali barbecue. So I still think it's important to kind of be everywhere. And that's why I would recommend using, you know, a software that you can post to multiple channels, um, hiring someone on Upwork or Fiverr to just help you cut the videos or, or whatever. I mean, not everyone can build a team, but you also probably have a team at your at your helm with just based on the people that work with you um you know maybe your hostess is gonna yep. take a few photos and post maybe maybe your manager is gonna post when he when he or she comes in um you know there's just like that five extra minutes if you take that you're gonna get new customers coming in or you're gonna remind people that we're gonna go somewhere else to come back in and see you what's the best advice you have for any business owner in 2023 that wants to improve their website Oh, now onto the website. Okay, so when if people design a website to make it look good, and which is very important, but it has to function and it has to be fast if you want it to one rank on Google, and you have to think about what do you want people to truly do when they get to the website. I don't want people just to look at my menu. I don't want people just to read my bio. I want them to either like you orders up front and center or visit <laughs> like it's almost like come come here now like click yes. for directions or order some food like that's what you really want so like an e-commerce store make it easy to buy a, a restaurant make it easy to find me um, talk about the maybe the specials the calendar make the calendar easy to buy tickets if you're a live music venue um, make it easy to make reservations a lot of people are into making reservations now because you kind of have to you you can't just go to a restaurant now on the weekend and think you can walk right in so you're getting a lot more data from those open tables, the talks, the seven rooms, like the Yelps, all that stuff. So I would say make it really easy to do what you want them to do, not just make a good looking website that takes forever to load because you wanted to put a five minute video up front. YouTube marketing. Powerful? Yeah, it's it, it can be. Like, for example, some some companies have a ton of budget. So if you're if you're like a monday.com, right? I'm probably going to remember you if I'm in market for a a, a project management tool, yep. not because I haven't heard of others, it's just because you're in front of my face. Yeah. Uh, like like GoDaddy did with marketing domains. There's a thousand yeah. places to buy domains. So I think again like YouTube, so 
fitness stuff, anything fitness related, huge on YouTube. I mean, I follow a yoga girl, Boho Beautiful, that has over a million subscribers. She travels the world and does yoga and her boyfriend films or fiance or whatever, and they make amazing videos. So you could get to that point, but you need to be consistent also. And you can pay for it with little bumper ads, six seconds, you know, you can do these things, but it's more of a, a reminder of that I'm there or just kind of a brand awareness as opposed to like, yes, I'm going to buy right away. But, you know, I've personally stopped and watched a much longer video than I thought I would in front of a different video. So if you're going to have a smaller budget, I'd recommend getting on top of either a competitor's channel or someone similar to you that's offering something similar or providing a complimentary value and then advertising, you can actually go in and pick the domains and the channels that you want to advertise in front of. So you don't have to just spray everywhere. So if you're going to spray, you're going to be on like games and all this stuff and waste money. Um, really do your homework and do a lot of research and figure out where would your target market be watching? What channels are they watching? Who do they follow? Maybe have an influencer do something for you. What advice do you have on social media? It's a big bucket. It's a loaded question, but I want, you know, people that are listening to this, they know, they know my stance on social. <laughs> I, I want to hear, I want to hear it from you, from somebody that's actually a, a tactician or somebody that helps drive the revenue because I'm playing a much longer game and some people want to see results right away. And I, I, I'm just curious to you when you work with small business owners and you look at, first of all, what do you see? What, what, what's, what, Typically, when you're going to work with with people, what are you seeing that they're doing on social? Well, the the smaller businesses, the smaller business, the typically the more inconsistent. Um, they're just not they're not posting in all different areas. Like I'll have one coffee shop that loves posting on Instagram because they make it easy, right? And yep. and then back to Google, they don't make it as easy as and fun. And yes. I go, well, now I got to take your post and I need to put it on Google too or, or change it. So it's yep. like. Let's just kind of do all of this at once. So I think getting set up properly to do multi-channel posts in one round could be helpful. Taking pieces of content, uh, they still need to be there. You still need to post, I would say, at least a couple times a week. Um, you're not going to be seen by everyone. And I try to set expectations that if you're not going to pay for advertising, um, it's going to be a longer game. So it just needs to be part of your routine, like you're brushing your teeth, that you post something. And eventually those reels and those things will catch up. And then when you hit something, like I had a video where I did a scan to email um, print with two-step verification on, and that hit big on YouTube. So it's like, wow, I should probably do more of like, you know, <laughs> things like that. Or, yes. you know, what works for people? What are people um, commenting on or liking or sharing? And then keep doing some of those. But I still think you need to be there on social posting and you need to share stories like you do where you're in the back, you're cooking something. Yep. You're, you know, you're doing inventory dancing, what, whatever it is. Like, <laughs> those we are the laugh. Things. We laugh about it, but what makes you stop? I mean, everyone's doing the same thing. So show a different part of your business that no one's showing that you think is boring and talk about why you think it's boring. But you'd be surprised at how many people will be like, hey, I do inventory for my business. I hate doing inventory. Yeah. I'm like, I didn't even think about going to Cali Barbecue. How do you make today, it fun? Go, <laughs> yeah. How do you make it fun? Well, exactly. It's how do you start a conversation? And, and that's great. Someone can remember that. And then people recognize people. So what happens when you come into a, a place the second or third time? And if I sit at the bar and I remember the bartender's name and yeah. they remember my face or my drink, we're like instant friends, you know? Yep. So it's like you build such a deeper following and a more loyal customer 
um, like the door guy down at Prohibition in San Diego, Eli, the mm-hmm. best door p- person I've ever, ever met. I give him a hug every time I walk in. Took me like almost a year. And now all of a sudden I'm part of the club. I have a special coin. I never wait in line. You know, so it's like wait, those, they have a coin. I have the coin. It's oh, it's in the other they, room. They okay. have a coin. Good for them. I love yeah. that's that's hospitality right there. That's how you roll. Yeah. And it took me a long time. And all of a sudden he said, hey, man, did you, you are... know about the coin or did you just get I jumped had in? no idea? That's amazing. I love it. That is so a make sure you true... earn it. Don't just go ask for the coin. That is true. Don't get it. That is the truth. Yeah. Um, let's talk. Let's talk about analytics, something that most business owners don't like talking about, but uh, the power behind analytics and and looking at them and and using them, actually measuring what you what you're measuring online. Why, why is that important? And which analytics should we be looking at? Yeah, I'm going to start really small and simple because I don't want to, uh, you know, scare anyone. You're going to use the Google business profile analytics a lot. But what I do is I make a very simple report for you. I connect my software account. I connect the Google business profile. And then I make an I make a report that says, where are, you know, where are people finding me? You know, how are people finding me? I give the question and answer. So an, any owner can look at it and go, oh, okay, well, looks like discovery is going up. So it must be, mean we're being shown more often. Looks like the clicks for directions are going up. Okay, people are coming in more often. Then they can compare to their sales. They can look at everything year over year. Um, so start real simple and just start tracking kind of like the, you can look at previous period, but everything's going to go like this, right? So I try to look at previous year. And again, these last few years were ultra, ultra weird. But you're going to just look at something to compare to of and typically if I'm looking at February 14th of this year, I'm going to look at February 14th of last year and see what happened. And now I can track at least the last 30 days or last 60 or 90 and see what happened. What what is the trend? Am I going like this? Right. It might look down for one week, but then I'm back up. So is the trend line going up? Use the business profile. Make sure you have Google Analytics installed at least. And by July, you have to have GA4 active. So that's something that I'm offering to my clients and new clients is that I just will help you get GA4 set up and we'll track the most important events. It's the new version of Google Analytics. And by July, the normal UA universal analytics will not collect any more data. So you have to have this set up. And that's just a way for you to look back and you can see queries, acquisition, meaning which channel did they find you? Did they come from Instagram? So if you have this as part of your website, at least GA4 and analytics installed, you can you can start to tell, are my posts working? Are, is this working? And then you can try to figure out a user journey. They have some different pathways uh, that, that you can add as a pretty simple report. But I would say, make sure you're, you're using the Google business profile and there's a the performance dashboard. And then also just have analytics and don't go any further unless you have someone helping you out. So let's let's talk about that because it's funny. It's we have we have all the answers at our fingertips. It's it's the internet. We can Google anything. We can listen to a podcast, watch a YouTube video, read a book. Um, but then we realize how much we don't know. And you can go down any one of these rabbit holes of the stuff that you've already laid out in your book, and each one of them you could literally put on. You could have 10 professors teaching classes about you could have. I, I watched a video today about Mr. Beast and his thumbnails. So apparently this guy was obsessed with Mr. Beast. And for those of you who don't know, it's Jimmy Donaldson. He's the most popular YouTuber on earth. But this guy in this TikTok video is interviewing another guy 
who was a big fan of Mr. Beast. And this was like five years ago. He was like, he was putting on this class, in-person class for 30 people. And it was going to be for about 30 minutes. He's like, I went to this class and the whole time, he actually spent over time. He spent 90 minutes. The whole time, all he talked about was thumbnails. And he looked at everyone in the class and they're like, you know, I can tell you how to build a better channel. I can tell you how to make better content. None of it fucking matters. All that matters is making better thumbnails. I make 30 thumbnails for every video and then I make the video. And the guy was like, holy shit. And back to, you know, what we're talking about. It's like, fuck, I can't have all the answers. You know, I can do it myself. I've done so much of this by myself, which is why we host four shows, which is why we're calibarbecue.media. But even I am using you to help us as part of this entire ecosystem, because you can't do it all by yourself. You have to be willing to ask for help. So when you talk to people and in your book, you say, do you hire an agency? And when you do hire an agency, what are you looking for? Or do you do it yourself? Yeah, I think getting to know as much as possible and kind of like that's why I streamlined as much as I could in the book because you can go down so many rabbit holes in every direction just to gain an understanding of like, okay, what's happening? Why are people doing this? Why do marketers do this? Because I think a lot of people don't understand. One, they they one they either don't have the time to do it, they get frustrated right away, or they work with someone that they can't trust and they've burnt <laughs> bridges, right? We've, we've all been there. So that part is is a challenge because you still need to market, you still need to do all these things. But if you don't understand what's happening a little bit, then you either can't appreciate it or you won't continue to pay for it because you don't know if it's working or not. So that's why I want you to do a little research on your own. Um, understand as much as you can, but realize, I realize that you can't do everything on your own either. So yep. you eventually need to hire someone you can trust. Um, and that's why, Sean, I reached out to you to be part of the book and talk about social media marketing. I reached out to a, a Facebook marketing expert, uh, my friend Brad, that I brought him into the book. Um, and I had a, a few other people jump jump in because I want it to be a you know, culmination of like everyone's thoughts that I've worked with um, to kind of put this all together and and make sense for people. So, yeah. I really appreciate, you know, being included in the book. And like I said, I'm, I'm by far no social media expert. I'm just willing to get really dirty in all the different digital playgrounds. And I'm willing to have as many conversations that I do have because I know it matters. I mean, it's mattered for our business and it's transformed our business. I mean, we're literally a barbecue media content company and barbecue company. We're transforming our restaurant. We're adding, you know, smokers to where there used to be seats and we're adding distribution points, but I can't do it by myself. I have to have the best of the best that are telling me how fast these things change. I mean, today is something you, you what was it called again for Google Analytics that's changing in July? Uh, well, GA4 is now going to take over in July, but there yeah. you go. I mean, there you go. It's like, it's, it's next to impossible to stay on top if you don't have a team of people that are willing to help. And, you know, the beautiful thing about this community, this digital hospitality community, if you guys are listening is we're all trying to figure this out. Like, but the more that we all try to figure it out and the more that we share and the more that we follow each other and we interact with each other, you hear the truth. You hear the truth of another business owner where they solved a problem, a similar problem that you're having. And that's when the light bulb goes off. You're like, how did they do it? Why did they do it? If they did it, can it help my business? And then once you do it, 
Now, how can you share what you did so another business owner can benefit? And the more that we do that, you know, every single Wednesday and Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific time, 1 p.m. Eastern time, we meet on the social audio app Clubhouse. David, I'd love for you to join us on one of those sessions to talk about this stuff because we yep. have an incredible community of, of business business owners, of hospitality leaders, of content creators, influencers that join that are just thirsty for knowledge and we're thirsty to level up. Um, what's the best way for people to contact you to get involved to purchase the book? Yeah, great. It's uh, actually available on Amazon. So if you type in- I've raising, heard of them. Raising good website. The, good website. <laughs> <laughs> they made it really easy to buy and really fast to get whatever you bought. So you do go. what they're doing. Yeah. So that's that's why I recommend people go there and type in Raising the Digital Bar by David Esau. It'll pop right up. Um, the good news is I actually worked really hard on an audio version. So it's good for you. It's up, on Audible. Nice. it's up on Audible now. And then within the next week or so, it should be on Spotify audiobooks. So yeah, I'm Sweet. pretty excited. Spotify has audiobooks. That makes sense. <laughs> they have podcasts, so why not have audiobooks? Well, they jumped in the game and it's 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 nice because now I'm not only on audible you yes. know i have a different channel and i might reach a few new business owners that prefer you know spotify podcasts over apple podcasts over you know all this other stuff so again what we talk about is we still want to be in those other places why shut yep. off the channel why would i want to write a book and not do the audible version yep. even though it was hard and i had to push through and i had to take an entire weekend away from everything else you know so it's yeah you will help other people so thanks again for having me on sean it's been a it's been a blast Absolutely. And we're, we're grateful for you, the audience, those that are listening, those that are watching, um, you matter, your voice matters, your story matters. Um, nobody's coming to tell your story. So the better that you get at telling it, um, the more that you join communities like digital hospitality on clubhouse and on all the, all the different places that we are, we want you to win. So however you're consuming this content, we are grateful. We're going to start publishing more. Um, I'm going to be speaking uh, multiple different conferences this year. We'll repurpose those into the RSS feed. We're going to repurpose some of the best content that we have on Clubhouse, some of those rooms. We have some incredible revelations from people that have done really cool things or um, that have leveled up their business. And we want to share those with you to make it as easy as possible as easy as possible to level up your business. And uh, we hope to meet you one day. If you you listen and you visit San Diego, um, let me know you heard this episode with David and David's here in San Diego as well. So you never know when you're going to meet another digital hospitality leader or run into him. Please reach out to him. Please get the book, Raising the Digital Bar. If you get the book, take a selfie with it. Tag at Cali BBQ Media in that. Um, we'll get it to David. And uh, what what Instagram account? Where, where are you most active? Which digital playground? Uh, probably just my regular uh, Instagram profile, David R. Esau, that's E-S-A-U, or you could find it at ClickTrack Marketing, but David R. E-S-A-U. And thank you so much for the first person that writes, Sean, and says, hey, I heard the podcast. I want to read the book. I will send you a free copy. So Boom, look at that. Your address and your name, and we'll get something out to you. Look at that. We love it. Love you guys. Thank you guys for listening. Please share with a friend, and uh, we will catch you next time. Peace.